you go into your shower feeling tired. But as soon as you reach for the Irish Spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish Spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day and smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you. I would say pecan pie. David. The Dave Damashek Football Program, available on iTunes and at davedamashek.nfl.com. Now here's your host, Dave Damashek. Hi and hello, football fans, and welcome to the Dave Damashek Football Program. I hope all's well wherever you are here in Studio 66. We're ready to roll in the week 11 here. Depending on when you're listening to this, you know the result of uh, of the big game on Thursday night in Heinz Field. A major one for AFC seeding. Some big games that fit that description on the NFC side upcoming. We're going to pick those for you. We're going to dig into this, that, and the other. You know, usually on Thursdays for the Red Challenge flag picks, it's Matt Money-Smith and it's uh, Cindy Freeland from Game Theory and Money, a.k.a. the preferred name. Free money. Why they didn't go with that is the name of <laughs> the podcast. Point. I have no idea. But anywho, that's not my business. What is my business is being a big fan of uh, the two people seated to my immediate left. They are the fantasy hipsters. They're going to help us make the Red Challenge flag picks and beyond. Let's say hello to both of them. First of all, I was going to, I almost called him our resident Pittsburgh Steelers fan, but I don't well. think that that exactly makes sense. But he's another. <laughs> Pittsburgh Steelers fan. Here he is, everybody. It's the franchise, Matt Franciscovich. What's the poop, fella? I'm very excited to be here today, Shaq. Thank you for having us. It's the hipster takeover. Yeah, beards yeah. and all. I'm getting ready to get rid of this beard. You know, what do you Why think is that? that? Why is I that? I don't know. Itchy? Do. Nah, nothing like that. I just, you know. Change get, the look? Yeah. Change you know, the image? I'm gonna, if, if the Oakland Raider can uh, logo, if he can take the good time before he goes out to pillage for the day, <laughs> If he can take the time to clean shave his face, who am I to, to hey, turn that, my nose up? Do you that? think, that's a good point. Do you think you'll look younger or older with it? All right. Truth be told, that's what I want to see. I want to see if I look younger. Oh, yeah. People so, keep telling me, oh, you'll look much younger if you lose the beard. Well, because there's like a certain, and I don't know what the exact number is, but there's a certain age threshold where that's true. Because if I shave my face, which I did this offseason, I look like I'm five. Yeah, I'm right. I'm a baby. But, but when my dad first grew his beard out, and he's he's 68 years old, uh, and he goes, he goes when he first grew out, it's all gray. He's like, I look like I'm freaking half foot in the grave right now. Yeah. And I guess he's just he doesn't care anymore. So he's, he keeps like Letterman. Yeah, right. Letterman says he's never shaving his beard. I don't know though. You know what? First, let's say hello to the uh, to another bearded person here in Studio 66 properly, and then I'll ask a, a few questions. We'll get into pro football talk and beyond. Here he is. You know him. He's the other half of uh, the fantasy hipsters. Oh, and both of them. You read both their great pages at NFL.com, giving you the uh, the uh, fantasy advice, and you see him. What do you guys do? You do on Sunday. You do something on Twitter. Twitter. Show. Yeah. You do the oh Twitter yeah. Show. The NFL Blitz. Right. Hashtag, Hashtag. NFL Blitz. NFL.twitter.com. Every little, Sunday morning we're on there. And you kibitz on the NFL show. fantasy uh, live show. Oh yeah. Yeah. On yes. the podcast. I mean, fantasy live podcast. 
You do yeah, it all. Do our hipster a lot of stuff that works, you know? Also, this guy created the uh, the much ballyhooed reception perception. Here he is, everybody, with what I think still is my favorite of all the theme intro yes. songs. It's Matt Harmon. A hipster with a dog. Backyard banter is his blog. A fan of nature and stuff. Can't miss his facial scruff. CBS sitcom nerd. This writer has a way with words. He's Harmon, comma, Matt. Hey, fella, what's on tap? Hello, so, Matt so Harmon. Won- that's so wonderful. I it saw- really is. Cindy was around uh, around the office a couple weeks ago. It was, it was good to see her. It's Hipster cool. heartthrob to the to the uh, young ladies of NFL media. Ah. Wow. It's interesting. Wow. There's a flavor. Not there's a, false. There's a flavor for <laughs> everybody because Whoa. also behind the glass. Don't don't forget. There's Harmon if you if you skew that way. Lo-fi and how I S- met your mother sitcom S- fan and Dave way. Matthews Jr. or whatever his name is. Clay Matthews Jr. <laughs> whatever his name is. The, the the crummy band that you like. You could go the other way though. And, hey, you like a you like a tough guy who knows the mean streets of New York City. There's Eddie Spaghetti. Hey. There, there's something for everybody around there. there you go. Something for everybody. I don't know. There's a lot of accusations being thrown out at me right now. I don't know what you're talking about in terms of heartthrob with NFL media people. That seems questionable at best. Here's what's uh, <laughs> what is beyond uh, doubt is uh, my heart, at least, is uh, is full in anticipation. At my belly will soon be uh, will so join my heart in its fullness with pie off six. The trash talking has begun. Oh. It's in full throat, Deeker. Oh, big news. Dan Hanzoos, the reigning uh, um, CEO of Hanzoos Corp., you know, the three-time champion, the dynasty for a pie-off around these parts, is uh, has left the field to play and is now moving up like Romo up into the broadcast booth. Oh, He'll wow. be joining me to call this year's uh, – Pie off. We're eager with anticipation for that. So be on the lookout. When again, MVP, uh, t- remind me how are we doing this next over the next uh, week or so in front of Thanksgiving here. So pie off will be on Wednesday, November twenty second. Okay, it'll be out. And then there's a show before that. Yeah, one. we'll still do a regular Tuesday recap show. Okay, and then today we're gonna make our picks. And uh, so let's get into that a little bit, shall we? And start it off. Oh, before we do that, that's what I was gonna ask you with flavors and such, uh, MVP. What do you make of this uh, Blake Shelton business? Sexiest man alive? It's an abomination. Is it an abomination? <laughs> you know what I feel like? I feel like it's patronizing, right? Doesn't yeah. it feel like well, we're just going to play to the... Uh, or everyone else turned them down or something. It was like, I don't know how it happened. It's weird, isn't it? Yeah. It's weird for... I, I mean, like, it's weird for... I, we're suddenly in 2017 in a super weird place in society. I am, or and at least talking. half the people within the sound of my voice fit the, fit this description. Half the people in America, sexier than the sexiest man alive. Mm-hmm. I would say that half of us or more are better than, let's say, a dozen NFL quarterbacks at being a quarterback. Wow. Well, Isn't that, that weird? That, it's that's, weird. That's the one I feel like we can debate. The, the last point that you've made there, because if look, if we can't even get 32 people you know qualified to play quarterback, I don't think we're pulling off people from the street to do it. You know what I mean? I, yeah. Well, we're, well, I think the first part has been proven. We cannot find 30 human 30. beings That's to do it. That's definitely true. Nate well, at least Peterman. healthy ones. 
I don't have to go pick up Nate Peterman in fantasy now, right? Nah, man. You, no. you really don't. No. What gives? What gives? I don't know. We're very depressed about so this. So weird. Yeah, we are obviously big Tyrod Taylor fans. We've got the little action figure in the middle of our desk quadrant here, the fantasy stronghold. So That's right. It's a tough day for all of us. Well, but the if, if you have a sunny disposition, what lays on the other side is exciting to consider, isn't it? Where Tyrod Taylor, it's almost certain that he's not going to be with the Bills right. in 2018 then. So this creates a chip for teams that are in need of a quarterback, which, right. again, fits That's roughly 10 or 12 uh, NFL teams. Yeah, I did post on my Instagram today that it is, you know, with the picture of the statue and said it's not goodbye forever. It's just goodbye for now. That's right. We'll see his high rod again soon. Do you suspect that there's any way that the waiver wire could work in favor of a team that's built to, you know, to be relevant in January and get Tyrod Taylor to fill in? Because a lot of people are floating already. Get him to Jacksonville, you know, get him to, to get him to Houston. I don't know. Go ahead. I think they want to see how this Peterman kid does before they just cut ties with, with, with Tyrod. Yeah. I mean, but I mean, given the off season and what, and in fact, even before the 2016 season was finished, they were already messing with him. And now right, through right. all it's off season, now they're yanking him after they, after the defense gives up 47 points as though he had something to do with that. Set up I can't play. imagine he's anxious to return back. Yeah. I want to, I want to keep rolling with this gang. Yeah. He's definitely not coming back next year, but I, so are you implying that like they could real, they could wave him? here at the end of the season, and then he goes and plays for – I don't know. That's what I'm asking See, you. The reason I don't think that would happen is because, like, right now he has a – he's on a two-year, $30 million contract. He's making $7.5 this year. And he has a 9.7 cap hit. So who's going who's gonna to be able to fit that in? Also, by the way, like, nobody really wanted – to, he he kind of came back to the to the Bills a little bit with like his tail between his legs, like nothing really happened for him uh, anywhere else. So I don't know that anybody would just want to claim that contract. It is uh, it is a head scratcher given the way Taylor has played. And again, back to what you said uh, three minutes ago, Harmon. There are so many guys who are playing quarterback in the NFL right now that aren't good at it. How can right. you uh, you know gold is valuable because it's rare. I, you would think that uh, a team would uh, would would hold on to a quarterback with the talent of Tyrod Taylor like grim death, but no. Yeah, I, I do remember he did visit or was going to sign with the Broncos a couple of years ago, but and they actually gave him more money than what he got in Buffalo. But he had an opportunity to start in Buffalo, so maybe that's a team like a team that no one's really talking about because I think everybody says Jacksonville, you're right, the Jets, other teams like that. That's a team kind of a potential sleeper team to watch out for. For sure. Um, all right, let's jump in. I mentioned reception perception here, and uh, you know the author of that fine piece that uh, gets accolades from. I think the way to track these things is um, who in the industry, who or the, the the smarts, the serious football guys. What do they like? What do uh. they appreciate? And they all love it. So then you should also love it, Harmon. Reception perception. Let's talk about a few interesting guys. Remember way back in August, and I remind you all. What I say every year, perennially, forget not just even don't pay too much attention. I pay zero attention to preseason football Hmm. because all it's going to do is lie to your eyes. But beyond that, even don't take don't take September as some indication of what's going to be in December. You know, it's true. Football season is long. It's only 16 games, but it but it takes a long time to play itself out. 
And remember way back in August when the Giants had the greatest receiving oh. core in the history of people? Well, now they're down to Sterling Shepard, so let's go there. Reception, perception, Sterling Shepard, a guy you want on your fantasy team? Oh, well, absolutely. I mean, you look at the last two weeks, he's coming back from an ankle injury. He has, I believe, nine and then, uh, was he 11 targets this last week? Double digits. Yeah, you had over 142 yards against the uh, 49ers. And, and you mentioned all the injuries in the uh, in the wide receiver court for the Giants. I think if there's a silver lining in what is obviously a disaster of a season, I think they're going to find out that they have two really good young players in Evan Ingram and Sterling Shepard. Shepard was kind of like, especially in fantasy drafts and, and what have you. like He was a little bit of an afterthought with Brandon Marshall mm-hmm. yeah. coming in there. But honestly, I expected him to have the better season than Brandon Marshall, and that was pretty much happening even when Marshall was out there for a glimmer. But And uh, Ingram has uh, has delivered. Our, yes. Ike Taylor, again, keeping his uh, remarkable streak legitimately, Ike's streak of calling, like, this is the guy who's under the radar that's going to be a star who's a first-round talent that scouts are sleeping on. Evan Ingram, I mean, you know, first-round guy, but still not exactly mentioned in the in uh, on the same level with some of the other guys that went before him, and Ingram is uh, delivering already. Yeah, those two guys are such a big threat in the middle of the field because you have Shepard, who's a great slot receiver. He plays out of there more than any other position. You have Ingram, who's really kind of like Jordan Reed, but actually on the field. Right. Uh, so those guys both are able to split out from the formation for Ingram, and they really do a lot of work, like I said, over the middle, which next year when they have Beckham back in there and maybe a different quarterback, uh, they're, they're going to have a lot more options in terms of being able to go outside and in the middle of the field. Franchise, what do you think? Is Eli Manning the quarterback of the New York Giants in 2018? You know, I think if they clean house and get Ben McAdoo out of there and just start from scratch, I think, you know, maybe they hold on to him as kind of a veteran. Uh, but I, I don't know. If, if they clean house, you might as well get rid of Manning. I, I, feel like, point. I feel like it's one of those things like football season has never seen something on this level, and it's always hyperbolic or almost always hyperbolic. In this case, in, in 2017, I think – that this is about as we're about to move into as volatile a quarterback uh, market as we've seen, that I, or at least that I can remember. Think about all the big Drew Brees. And there's a potential he doesn't even go back to New Orleans, you right, know, right. Uh, as well as that team's doing. But still, now Tyrod Taylor, Kaepernick is still out there for what that's worth. Who knows if Roethlisberger is definitely coming back this year? I mean, there are a lot Cousins, of big name I was just guys. Say Washington, right? Cousins and. By extension of that, you know, Jay Gruden, his old team, did the Bengals move on from Andy Dalton after this year? Is Blake Bortles going to be in Jacksonville next year? It's a lot of, uh, what are they, tectonic plates Yeah, the NFL. Boy, that would be, I'll tell moving. you what, you know what, that would be a pretty interesting thing to see. If you would just usher that now, I bet you that would get a ton of clicks, is to assign what the quarterbacks, the starting quarterbacks in uh, in September of 2018, what that's going to look like versus right now. How many are consistent from who's starting in week 11 to who's starting in the first week of September for all these teams? Would be wild. I bet it's like 16 guys yeah. at least. Yeah. Half. Yeah. Yeah. I bet it's legitimately half the league has a different QB. Even Carson Palmer might be done. You know, Right. There's, as, a, there's some other names that we haven't even thought of. But. As bizarre as this is, uh, it was out – this part's not bizarre. I was out at a bar with uh, Alex Gelhar and James Coe last Friday, and we got into – I'm not familiar with those names. Yeah, <laughs> no, kind of under the radar, guys. But uh, we were out and got into an outrageously heated debate for the topic of 
Would you rather, if you're the Jaguars next year, would you rather stick with Blake Bortles or would you have Eli Manning? Or would you rather have Eli Manning? I said in, I said in, uh, at the well. start of October that the Giants should purge Eli and start from scratch. They're clearly, all Eli's going to do is steal a game or two for you. Yeah. You know, the, you don't yes. need that. You know, at this point now, you want it. You just want to ride the offer as much. You, you don't want to jeopardize uh, your your uh, flexibility come draft day. Right? My my right. point was those guys obviously were, were saying you know definitely you want Eli Manning out of the two. I was kind of saying I might rather honestly might rather have Blake Bortles right now. I realize oh, Bortles. Look, I realize Bortles <laughs> is a disaster. Uh, he had a great quote today where he was giving Deshaun Kaiser some advice, and he said, "Blake what what was the subject?" He said, "Hey, he, I hope it wasn't about football." No, his his exact quote, <laughs> his exact quote, Dave was, "You should try to throw it to your team as much as possible." You know what? <laughs> My favorite part of that is as much as possible. Yeah, like it's unavoidable. You will definitely do it. I do it all the time. But as much as possible, try to get it. I've been saying this Good week. It, 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 it occurred to me I had an epiphany. The Jags' defense is dominant enough For that sure. it can go to the Super Bowl. It's one of those defenses. Woo. It's it's one of yeah. those ones that's not just really good, but so dominant that can it can actually overcome all the high powered NFL offenses and somehow survive. And wait, what happened? Like it was the same year when the Ravens be nobody saw the Ravens were good. They were a dominant team, but everybody knew that they would eventually get their comeuppance, and everybody expected that to be in Oakland in the title game. And the next thing you know, oh, the Ravens are in the Super Bowl. Yeah. This could absolutely happen. All right, what about the uh, the uh, Rams wide receivers? Talk about uh, wonky QB situations. Yeah. The one that seemed to be uneven or you know unpredictable. And by this time, we figured, well, Jared Goff will have been fully proven to be a bust by then, and they'll be on Deshaun Mannion or somebody else by now in L.A. Instead, Goff playing about as well as anybody. Yeah, what's fascinating about this wide receiver core is from a typological perspective, they really have like an ideal set of guys, and it looks very similar to what McVay had in Washington. You know, they have their Pierre Garçon in Robert Woods, who's a great separator, good technician. He's not flashy or anything, but, I mean, you see, you're seeing him get the job done there. They have their explosive guy in Sammy Watkins, and, you know, he, he barely gets the ball some games, but when he does, I mean, especially the last two weeks, he's, he's scored two touchdowns, especially the long one against the Giants. And then they have like a – He's going to call him a Wes Welker type. What, are you going to call him a slot receiver? I was going to say, then they have their Jamison Crowder ah, in, 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 in Cooper Cup. Go. I love it. Uh, two guys that, uh, you know, look very similar uh, from a playing perspective. Anyways, and, and then, like, not to mention the tight ends, too. They, they have Gerald Everett, who they drafted this year, who's – you know, Sean McVay even said, like, this is a guy that's my Jordan Reed. But Tyler Higby, yeah. too, is a little bit underrated as they're kind of the guy that plays more. So, yeah, a year delayed that people were excited about him in training camp 2016, right. and he didn't really do a whole lot in uh, Jeff Fisher's. Tight ends always are. Well, nobody did. Yeah, shocking. Tight ends are always a little bit of a slow burn, too, right. at the NFL level. Like, they, they take a while. And, you know, I know we're going to talk about some next-gen stats later, but one thing, the crazy thing to me about this Rams offense, last year Jared Goff threw into tight windows when his receivers had less than a yard of separation. It was a top-five number, 23.9% of his passes. This year he's the lowest at 11.4%. That's a 12.5% differential, and that's almost twice as 
as much as any other quarterback has seen a decrease in their tight window throws. I mean, McVay is a hard guy not to fall in love with with how much he's scheming these players open. I know this is an elementary question, and of course the real answer would uh, would um, involve thinking about who the OC is and, uh, and, and who's calling the plays and so on. But go ahead now. We've now seen the rarest of things, which is, at least to this point, when QBs go 1-2, typically one is good and the other one's bad. I feel like we're bucking that, and Dak Prescott is also pretty good. So go ahead and redraft those guys. Who would you want, regardless of system, who do you want 1-2-3? Win play, show them. I would probably go Wentz, Dak, Goff. Harmon. I would it's go. Tough. I would go Dak Wentz Goff. Dak over both guys. Yes, I am a big Dak Prescott fan, and I know that like, you know, we're all such prisoners of the moment uh, because you know now you've got Eagles fans. Like, if you say that, yeah, like, I know. well, look at who's look at what he's doing right now. But it's like if we're having this conversation at this point last year, it's clearly Dak Prescott over Carson Wentz. I realize like we always have to constantly pick a side. My my thought is both these guys are really good, and uh, I'm I'm not going to get into it's like it's like with the LeBron James thing in the NBA. It's like you can't even enjoy LeBron James play anymore because like it always has to immediately defer to a conversation of. Well, is he better than Jordan? No, you can't say that. Well, of course, like you know, and people fighting back and forth. It's like I kind of just want to enjoy both these guys. You know, you know what I mean? Is that, well, yeah. I mean that the uh, our inability to appreciate what's happening before our eyes sometimes. Uh, we talked about that on our earlier podcast this week. I encourage you, Nate, demand you go back and dig it up. It really was good stuff. Ike Taylor getting deep on uh, on several subjects. Maurice Jones-Drew talking about the transition from being a football player into a regular person, and then really a deep dive on the Jazz and Cam Newton and all and uh, various other things, plus the uh, dynamite Q&A with uh, the Wolf, Colleen Wolf. But anyway, we talked about Cam Newton. I don't understand our inability to appreciate the distinct talent that is Cam Newton. The, I, I guess I understand it in the context that people swoon for Peyton Manning and Tom Brady, whose who's chief uh, um, shared characteristic is uh, pinpoint accuracy. So right. Cam Newton isn't that, but... I mean, watching this guy run around, run away, run over, then uh, then sling uh, the deep ball all over the place to, to 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 less than number one receivers. I don't get it. Now, I think people just don't like fun. That's what I think. <laughs> you know what? People really don't do, like, really do don't, hate fun. People don't like seeing Cam Newton have fun playing football. That is absolutely and sadly true. But what about now? Here's the the conundrum. The Rams played the Minnesota Vikings this weekend. Oh, yeah. A renewal of a great 70s rivalry. Hmm. Case Keenum, I make this point. Revenge. The Jags defense is sufficiently dominant that it can carry the entire Jaguars team to the Super Bowl. Yep. I don't think the Vikings defense is that dominant that it can carry Case Keenum. I think their best shot is to go to Teddy Bridgewater at some point. The problem is, how do you make that change when you're on a roll like this? Either way, Harmon, you like these two receivers that either QB has to throw to. Yeah, these two guys are awesome. They were both two players that popped up well in reception perception this offseason, especially Stefan Diggs, who I know a lot of people – it's crazy to think like back back at the beginning of the season, you know, people were hitting us up every day with fantasy questions like, Diggs is moving out of the slot. Does that uh, does that hurt his oh, value? People freaked out about people that. People freaked out about yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But this was a guy who showed in his second season before this year uh, that he was really good against press coverage and he could separate, you know, on, on outside routes. And, and we definitely have seen that come to fruition. I mean, when he's been healthy, he's been like pretty much the best receiver in the league. Yeah. I tweeted out – 
after, and I was kind of going back to this today, tweeted out after week one that I think this is the best wide receiver duo in the NFL. And, like, back then it was seemed like maybe a little bit of a hot take. I how many, couldn't tell you how many responses I got. Bro, they played the Saints, which also looks funny now knowing what we know about the Saints. Right. So it's just a I, – I love the way these two guys play. I love the way they, they complement each other because Diggs is just a total nightmare to cover on the outside. And then Thielen, too, he's like – the the player I compared him to in reception perception was Alshon Jeffrey, but he doesn't. They don't use him like they like the Bears use Jeffrey or the Eagles use Jeffrey. They let him run routes out of the slot. They let him dominate in the middle of the field, and that's how he gets. He can create much better separation there, and also still win those fifty fifty balls. These two guys are just awesome to watch. Well, it's gonna. That's. I mean, I really love that game, the Rams and Vikes. It's and, gonna be uh, fun. That's one sure. of the games that we're gonna pick for you in just a little while. Meantime, you know, uh, whatever game I'm watching, I love it, and that's why I love the season of autumn. I don't understand anyone who doesn't rank. If you're ranking one through four, autumn is number one, and uh, it is my uh, my favorite because there's always a game to watch. And thanks to Net Ten Wireless, I always have access to the latest scores and highlights right on my smartphone. I get a choice of flexible plans and great nationwide coverage on one of America's largest and most dependable networks. And there's never been a better time to switch to Net 10, Net, Net 10 Wireless because for a limited time, you can get a double data plan for life on unlimited plans starting as low as 35 bucks. That means dollars, simoleons, clams, cabbage, clams, <laughs> cashish. All right, let's do it. Wham. You know, walking sounds, around money. Sounds like a good deal. Visit net10wireless.com. <laughs> net, N-E-T, number 10, wireless.com. It's not the T-E-N, you understand. It's the one and zero. One, zero, ten. You understand that the, 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 the distinction I'm making there. The digits. Yeah. Thank you. It's important. You need that information right. to reference the terms and restrictions of service and get more information on Double Data for Life today. It's a game changer. Net 10 Wireless. Boom. All right, now there's something else I want to talk about. We just heard about uh, reception perception and franchise. I don't know if you picked up on it, everybody, but he's feeling a little glum because why are we doing reception perception and we're not doing my signature segment of uh, of football season? All right, we'll do it then. Well, Harmon does have his own intro, and I don't. Turn so. your frown upside wow. down. Come we'll on. work on the intro song for you. you franchise know is very sensitive. That, that I'm is on a campaign. A, that has been a theme of the year 2017 among among many themes that we have all de- we've all decided here like the franchise is one of the more he's very, he's he's very you know he feels very under attack a lot yes he actually has his own gif i feel like i'm sort of like uh i'm like most champions i'm like michael jordan tom brady and other champions i need the chip on my shoulder learn yeah. to use okay. it you know you that's to, what you need yeah. franchise use it let it let it light a fire inside of you and let it burn i'll do that you know what i mean Speaking I do of, know what you mean. You know, certain people are good at certain things. We discovered on the earlier podcast this week that Eddie Spaghetti has a gift for uh, making up songs off the cuff. So let's have him do a theme song right now for Matt Franchise. Can we get him oh. a headphone right now? Go ahead. Put the guy Eddie on Spaghetti, the spot. why don't you honor your friend Matt Franchise with a song? You guys are friends? What, uh, <laughs> what, what, what type of song are we going for? What's the theme here? Don't be silly. Okay. Just, go, just start singing. I don't, he likes uh, fantasy football, the Steelers. He, he likes drinking what? beer that are IPAs. Can I do he likes, the, actually, he he's likes not a Dave I don't, I don't like IPAs. He's more of a bourbon guy. Oh, like Dave, he's, been to, he's been to like 50 Dave Matthews shows. He's got a, a – 
dog. He's the more wayfish. He's mine. the more wayfish uh, fantasy hipster. What's that Wait, mean? Wayfish. Well, wayfish? I feel attacked. Yeah. See. See. Look, see? He's very sensitive. He was right. He's very sensitive. You you got anything for that? All right. Enough vamp. I, I'm forgetting. Sing. Uh, what's the Cabrera song I was singing last Tuesday? Uh, no, no, no. It's a different. All song. the way down. No, 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 no. Franchise <laughs> gives you fantasy stats. All the way down, I enjoy a bourbon drink after work. There you go. That's me, <laughs> basically, in a nutshell. That's all, make that that's work. Fantasy summer. stats and bourbon after work. I think yeah. we can make that work. Yeah, that's good. All right, so that is our lead-in to franchises. Week 11 trade calls. Trade Tell calls. Tell us all about it. Yeah, man. So every week I uh, write this article called Trade Calls, where I give you players to buy, players to sell ahead of upcoming matchups, and I do a little video piece where I get angry and say, buy, 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 sell, 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 and it's like mad money stock ticker. We've all seen it. Yeah. yeah. If you got stuff. you have a television, If you have, then you've seen yeah, it. Yeah, it's on Fantasy Live every Friday, so check it out there. You can read the article, nfl.com slash trade calls. So this week, you want me to talk about who's in the article? Is that no. I want you to. Is that what you want? I want you to give Spaghetti more ideas for the, All right. the theme song. So this week, <laughs> one of the wide receivers I'm telling everyone to buy to trade for is Dolphins wide receiver Devontae Parker. Now, some of you might be like, oh, the Dolphins, like they don't have a great offense. Jay Cutler's not the greatest quarterback. Isn't Jarvis Landry the high-volume guy? Yes, yes to all those things. But since they're not as productive on offense, they've lost – since – Devontae Parker's been back the last two weeks healthy. They've lost both games. He's earned a, over half of his targets and receiving yards in garbage time, like mm-hmm. what we like to refer to as garbage time in the fantasy world. That means it's the second half when a team is trying to catch up. So he is that guy in this offense. Uh, Jay Cutler called him his faster Alshon Jeffrey in the preseason. You know, he's making these crazy one-handed catches, and uh, he's got a great fantasy playoff schedule. He's got mm. two games upcoming against the Patriots, one against the Chiefs. So both of those teams have weak pass defenses and they're both high scoring offenses, which means the Dolphins are probably going to be trailing in all three of those games, which means Devontae Parker is going to get a lot of garbage time production. All right. That's a good tip. I like that one. I am a little skeptical just because I feel like Jay Cutler in a lost season down the home stretch when we know he is not going to play again. These He is now Back on the the uh, the last few holes of his career. Oh, Gruden see. was seemed to be pretty convinced. That yes, he did. He was he would be back next year, which I thought was surprising. It is weird. I don't know what uh, what why Jay Cutler would feel like. Yeah, that'd be a good idea. I was ready to retire, but based on the results, <laughs> this, like what, why is he coming this back? This has why gone we, so well. Yeah, well. Maybe it refers back to where we were 20 minutes ago that he can he has two eyes and he looks around and says, That's "Well, right. at least I'm not as bad as that guy." Is he better than Ryan Tannehill? I don't well, know. I thought in August I this made year? that case that it's fairly close. Not that they have identical skill sets, but who's going to lead you to more NFL victories? I'd say it's a battle wash. Yeah. Not, not to mention, too, like he's, he's only back there because, you know, Adam Gase is his boy. Like, they're familiar with each other. He right. knows the system or knows how to tank the offense. But, like, is Gase going to be back in Miami this year? I th- that would be crazy if they let him go. Things got think? side. Yeah. I I don't know, man. They he's, were in the playoffs a year ago. You right. can't boot him. He, if he's one for two in January appearances. It, they lose their starting quarterback who was positioned as the franchise guy. Then they scramble to get a retired guy out of the booth. I feel like Which you is, could write the season off as, ah, things got weird. 
But that's his. That was his call to go and grab that, I know. that guy. And scramble. What was he going to do? Matt Moore? That wouldn't have worked yeah, out I either. Think that will that worked out. Oh, how they got it. in the playoffs last year. But my my point yeah. is just like <laughs> wasn't so hot this year. No, that's no, rewriting def- history a little bit. That Matt Moore got him. Was the I mean, Ravens he was, though? He was the quarterback. But it was so, but the thing the thing that has gotten on my radar about Gase this year is just like, you know. Taking, throwing everybody under the bus. That for, was like, bad. No, it That's... really took no responsibility for the fact, like, his offense, and he's an offensive guy, it sucks. I mean, there's no other way to say it. They are just Yeah, I don't bad. know. Yeah, I, I mean, I'll, I, you know, that's the old conversation. But, you know, stable franchises don't typically just fire coaches okay. for having a bad season. Every uh, every time there's a bad season, you don't move on and reboot and all I think all it that. depends on the type of bad season, and I think the Dolphins might be having I'm with you on the Ajayi thing. Speaking yes. of which, uh, you're saying buy Ajayi. I'm, oh, man, especially this week, I'm all in on Jay Ajayi. They had a bye week last week. He's he's learning learn had a week off to learn the offense. You know he only had seven or eight carries in that game against uh, Denver, and he had a forty six yard touchdown run. Everything we've heard ahead of week eleven from the coaching staff, Coach Doug Peterson said we want to get a Jai more involved. He's going to get more and more volume going forward, and he has good matchups coming up. Uh, you know they played Dallas this week, who you know they're they're a good team for running backs to attack. They've got uh, another game against Dallas in Week 17. They play the Rams, Giants, and Oakland in Week 15, 16, Week 14, 15, 16. So those are all three really good matchups nice for team. running backs. Plus, the Eagles are one of the best teams, best offenses, and the best team in the NFL right now. Why would you not want a guy that they went out and traded for to be their feature back? It's the Chuck Muncie. That says it's the Chuck Muncie factor, like uh, the, that high-powered throw the ball all over the place. Air Coriel. Uh, San Diego Chargers team uh, of around 1980-ish era. Chuck Muncie scored a lot of touchdowns because, the you know, the guy, the pass catcher steps out of bounds at the two, then he, he gets the hero touchdown Correct. on the goal line. The hero All right. Touchdown. Also, this one's surprising. Last one is uh, you're saying sell A.J. Green. That's right. I know Harmon's uh, not going to agree with me. Do not agree. But look, I'm a every, pedigree snob. You know, I don't agree with that either. A few weeks ago, I said sell Tom Brady because of the matchups. You know, sometimes you got to throw a name in here to get some clicks. You know. Mm. Oh, so you're you're uh, you're you're doing some clickbait? Is that where we're maybe at? a little bit? Oh. But no, no, no. It's on TV. Look, look, AJ Green last week he had a, his first real fantasy spike week in about a month's time. Since the week six bye, he's only had over forty-five yards once in four games. That includes a game in which he got ejected. So you can't really count that that cluster of games. But not counting that game, his his average targets per game have dropped by three per game since the bye. He's not getting the volume. Uh, you know, you see Brandon LaFell out there getting targets, getting more targets now. It doesn't really make sense. Plus, the Bengals' offense, they're averaging 203 pass yards per game. Mm-hmm. That's the sixth fewth in the NFL. It's going to limit his ceiling, and he has a horrible playoff schedule coming up. He's got Denver, Pittsburgh, and Minnesota in three of the next five weeks, all really good pass teams. Marvin Lewis, Andy Vontez Burfick, what a mess. Yeah. You know, that makes no well, sense that this man. offense wouldn't be productive, yeah. except that it's, it's rough. 14 I, under the, Nothing against A.J. Green's talent. Right now he's wide receiver three in fantasy because he had a strong start, and I love he's one of the most elite wide receivers in the league, but his talent's being wasted in this struggling offense right now. All right, Harmon, you like to do well done, and uh, again, check out uh, – Might have to throw a beer bet on some A.J. Green action. That's fine. I, I'll do it. Well, I like that.
Uh, every I I tried to get uh, Greg Rosenthal the the you know the Patriots are uh, Tom Brady still having he's the MVP I don't I, you know I still I don't know. I said all right if, you, if you're so if if you're so confident let's make a nose ring bet on the uh, Patriots at the Steelers in December nose ring, ring. he's turned me down that's crazy Guess he's not that confident after all well so. maybe he's not that confident in defense whatever maybe turn around if, he has no faith now. Uh-huh. Check out uh, franchises trade calls every Wednesday. NFL.com slash trade calls and on Fantasy Live as uh, as the franchise himself mentioned. Every Friday, Harmon. Before we get to the Red Challenge flag picks, next gen stats is another of your Ballywicks. Is that a thing? Can you have multiple Ballywicks? I got uh, You got to have as many. Yeah. I think you can have oh, Bally multiple. Sure. You're gonna have more than one Ballywick. I guess. Armin has many. One of yours is next-gen stats. Tell us Correct. about it. Yeah, so a stat that I've been really been tracking a lot this year is the performance of quarterbacks when they throw into tight windows, as I was talking about with Jared Goff earlier. But next-gen stats defines a tight window throw as when the targeted receiver has less than a yard of separation, so when they've got the defenders real close to them. And especially this week, I'm looking at it because there's a lot of these guys that are playing each other, especially Dak Prescott and Carson Wentz. Dak Prescott's tight uh, passer rating when he throws into tight windows is 86.1. That's the second best in the NFL. Only mm. Russell Wilson has a, a higher passer rating when throwing into tight windows. Carson Wentz actually ranks ninth with a 69.6 passer rating. So th- these nice. guys – yeah, very nice. And so these two guys are definitely – we're going to be looking this this week and to see who can you know really make the most of those tight window throws because you know that's especially two of their receivers, Alshon Jeffrey, Des Bryant. These are tight window target guys. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think it's important to track that one. Also, in, in another way, I mentioned Jared Goff was a player who was not throwing into tight windows very often. A quarterback who is throwing into tight windows is on the other side of the field in Case Keenum, who I think you'd be surprised actually has the fifth highest pass rating when he throws into tight windows, and that might have something to do with those two. Well, by the way, nice. you know, I, the, the debate, it's sort of like uh, um, nature or nurture about people. Quarterbacks or or I, I, the the is it offensive coordinator or, or is it raw physical talent? And I sort of lean towards uh, – the offensive coordinator. Very few QBs could you just drop into any system and they would thrive. And I think that includes almost every name you could throw out there. I don't think Tom Brady could just be on any team. Do you think if you put Tom Brady on any team that they would be a double-digit win team or that they did that if Brady were on the Bucks, what would their record be right now? Oh man. I mean, do you think they'd be uh they'd be in a much more favorable situation than they are right now? That's a good question. I don't. I, uh, he's an upgrade. Well, but that. I guess my point is, you look at Case Keenum and what I mean. You know, he looked dreadful last year. Right. As did anybody on that Rams right. offense last right. year? And now you look at him here. He's thriving. He's a Alex. Andy Dalton is the best one with it, with Hugh as his OC. He was uh, an MVP. Uh, candidate. Now he's Drek. You know, he's, he's not in the top twenty. Now they're just recycling OCs there. Yeah, and by the way, Hugh Jackson doesn't look like much of an offensive genius. No, I, I told everybody. I said to everybody, what? All of a sudden, the Browns have been bum for three <laughs> decades, but Hugh Jackson's the the savior there. Come on, wake hey. up, everybody. Yeah, man. I proved I was proven correct by uh, by football. Nice call. Thank you. <laughs> Let's get to it now. Let's make some more calls about NFL Week Eleven Red Challenge flag style. Red Challenge flag picks. Yeah, yeah. All right, look, Eddie Spaghetti working himself into the frame there. He always likes uh, Thanks, Eddie. 
he always like he, he could wait. He didn't. He, he could do this well in advance and plant these flags. But he likes to walk in front of the camera, you know, because he likes to show off. Gotta have uh, a little airtime. His wares, right? Hey, hey, bro, stop trying to look at my picks. You can see mine. I'm Here just, we go. I'm just kidding, weirdo. Oh, and this uh, this week, as always, with the TV guide, uh, little descriptions that Emma Emma PV Emma VP provides <laughs> each week. And it's weird that as I go through life, every week people say, boy, I caught that episode, I heard this, what, what else, that, that thing was funny, that was good, I like that. Oh, Emma VPs, oh, her, her TV guides, oh, she's the star of the show, isn't she? Mm. Yeah. They're good. Yeah, she's the star of the show. Wow, who's saying that? People. Many people. Thanks, Harmon. All right. Cynthia Freeland's mother. Yeah, I'm a big fan of hers too. Shaq. My mother, my father. Ooh, how about that? Shaq's I'm haters on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> the haters. Um. Let's start it off, Emma VP. This week it's Sci-Fi Week. I understand is the genre you're tackling. Let's start it off with a renewal of a great '70s playoff rivalry. The L.A. Rams, the Minnesota Vikings. Tell us more. We have an episode of Quinn Peaks. The mystery of the suspiciously pristine 2017 Rams begins a new chapter in the Twin Cities as Zimmer sets out to debunk the apparent sorcery being conjured by this McVeigh character. When his football suddenly vanishes and reappears in Robert Quinn's arms, Latavius' passionately questions the striped man making hand gestures about which sadistic supernatural force must be to blame. Whoa. Turns out he simply fumbled a ball. Go figure. Wow. <laughs> Nicely done. Quinn Peaks. And there's a photo that I encourage you to check out uh, when we when we uh, tweet these and put them on Facebook. By the way, Emma VP, they're now on uh, on Snapchat, too, every yes. Saturday, right? Nice. Yep, on the NFL Discover page on Snapchat right. Saturday. Nice. I just remembered something. You tweeted them to me and I, or texted them to me to post, and I couldn't figure out how to make that go on the – I thought you did tweet it. Did I? Yeah. The Snapchat thing? <laughs> you Old. did. Oh, I couldn't Dad. figure out how to make it <laughs> – Oh, I didn't understand. Old dad can't Come on, figure dad. out how to post something. How like do you that? make a Snapchat thing out of something that's on Twitter? Or ask, I don't know how it works. Ask football, baby. All right, I will. <laughs> but Emma VP, <laughs> check those out for uh, Emma VP. Um, fill her heart with song with those. I like that one very much. But there's a photo of Robert Quinn. It seems like even Dude, his tricep was like bulging, bulging. bulging mass. But that muscle was in a weird place. It's like behind. Look at that well, thing. His I think I think it's the, just his. Oh, it might just it's be just his from back. his sleeve. Yeah, it's his right. back popping out there. But it looks like it's its tricep. Either when, either way, man, he's ripped. When you there. hit the when you hit the gym like <laughs> me, like me and Rob do, uh, you know, you look like that. Right. Yeah. <laughs> Here we go, everybody. <laughs> Challenge that. Matt Franciscovich. Yo, Rams, Vikings. Choose. I'm going with the highest scoring offense in the NFL, the Los Angeles Rams, baby. Let's go. You're not going to throw it either, Harmon. You're not going to throw the red challenge flag. Franchise knows that I am a huge Rams fan. I know. This Rams. makes me my, feel like the Vikings. my Rams. I feel like the Vikings are now destined to win this game. Yeah. No one's – this is a That's, nip and tuck affair. No one's taking them at this table It is table in Minnesota. Here. And look, the Vikings gave up a lot of points to the Redskins. That's right. You know? Yeah, well, it, yeah. This is a, and it's a similar offense too that that went in there, you know, to to the one that Washington, you know, went up and put they put some points on Minnesota. Right. But uh, I, yeah, I feel a little like we're disrespecting the Vikings now. You know, is it's, Xavier it's, Rhodes all right to play this week? Because that's another massive factor. Oh, uh, I don't know. But see, that's I don't even know that it is that big of a factor because if you look at the way the Rams play offense, like I was talking about earlier, you know, 
they can pick and choose their spots. You know, they can they can definitely like, okay, if you're going to have Xavier Rhodes take away Sammy Watkins, well, who cares? And we'll just go to Robert Woods. Uh, we'll go to Cooper Cup in the slot or whatever. So right. I think that no, no matter whether he's playing or not or whatever, he they, they definitely uh, have the players to take advantage of. Other I, listen, it's going to be less need. Less need deserves a lot of credit for the for the um, uh, additions that he made and some of the purges as well. Not some you hear every day in the. Uh, but that, but legitimately, that's I think I mean, you know, and a lot of people have been celebrating Andrew Whitworth of late yeah. and, and the difference he's made, and of course Robert Woods and so on. There are right. a lot of good additions, but on some level, isn't the, I mean, shouldn't we just be in hindsight just saying? What kind of fraudulence was was perpetrated against uh, against pro football by Jeff Fisher for a decade? I mean, yeah. why? How how could the team? How could how could Jared Goff and Todd Gurley? And I understand you can say, well, because the pieces are better now than they were a year ago. But still, isn't it crazy how much better the Rams are yeah, than they were a year ago? Pretty insane. Well, I mean, it's yeah, historic. Yeah. You've got Todd Gurley now, like their head coach Norman. is 16 years old, and he knows better than Jeff Fisher did. I think. Yeah. Aren't you older than? Are you older than? I Tom think he's there? a year older than me, maybe about the same age. I think it helps him relate to that young team, though. Too, he's a younger guy, I guess. and he can relate to the younger players on on the the Rams are a young team. McFay's thirty one. I'm thirty one. His birthday's in January. You should be embarrassed by what you haven't accomplished. When you see that yardstick like that, you I know. know. I what know. Are you doing? I am every time. That's a great point. I'm sitting there at a cube typing about fantasy football, and McFay's out there running the highest scoring offense in the NFL, and mm-hmm. I'm just like, what is my life? At least I, I still got a few years. For yeah, well, you know, after 25, it's all about results. So then there's better, not a lot of results to better. show for me. <laughs> I'm getting 20. grossed out by everybody. Anyway, Dude. all right, let's all right, go Dad. to the next one here. Mexico City is the scene for the Patriots, the Raiders. Tell us more, Emma VP. All right, we have an episode of the Rex Files. Yes. Thanks to some stellar mid-duel adjustments by Lord Belichick, ageless hero Tom Brady emerges victorious over a bunch of mortals who manage to escape from a black hole. Marshawn Lynch forces the entire Pats defense to be quarantined on the sideline as he fears he can no longer contain the voracious beast within. In his pursuit of a leathery elliptical UFO, a distracted Rex Burkhead gets abducted by Khalil Mack in a foreign land. Oh, no. <laughs> Not abducted. That's awesome. That was Very, a nice write-up. That's, yeah, that's All right. The, it's the, the enough Rex, with the how the great shit, the They're Rex good. Files. They're good. I like, say things, too, that are good. Nobody's always oh, oh, wait, oh hold everything. What Dave just said, wait a minute. We have, we can't move forward. Sh- should you know I what? Like, it's a little bit much at some point. Should, I, should, I leave, should I leave the room and, like, maybe Eddie can bring in, a, a like, a glass, of, a bottle of wine for you two to split and you can commiserate about everybody's out to get you? I don't I'm care about attack. the commiserating thing, but bringing that bottle of wine, I'm never going to say <laughs> no to that. All right. Pats. Raiders. Mexico City. I wish I knew the Spanish word for choose. Uh, I am going to go with the Patriots. Uh, come on. Somebody be fun. This one's uh, too easy. It's not that e. I Listen, thin air. The Patriots haven't the always Patriots thrived in Denver, although they did on Sunday night. I don't know. And I'm they stayed there. You know, they stayed there in, in Denver to keep up with the altitude difference. It's convenient that they Very then nice. now go from one high altitude spot to Mexico City, where the Look, air is apparently thin as well, and right. a factor for, almost too uh, convenient. For players. Yeah, well, just saying. The Patriots have turned things around though lately. They started two and two, right? Now they won five in a row. I know, but everybody declared them dead again for the second time in four years. Yeah, well, that they're the Patriots. They find a way to to attack their opponents. 
We saw it last week in Denver. They didn't throw to their wide receivers. All the running backs scored. And did Dwayne Allen score a touchdown in the tight end, I think? He no, did. I did. They, he they, they, catch of the year, I think. Yeah, his first catch of the year was a touchdown, and that's how you attack Denver, and this is what the Patriots do, man. They're going to go in there. They're going to attack Oakland's weaknesses. Which is everywhere. Which is, yes, pretty much everywhere except for Cleo Mack. The what do your numbers say? You guys look at the numbers a lot more than I do. My my gut and my heart serve me well over the yeah. years, and so I, I I just lean on those. But what do your numbers tell you? Because anecdotally, I have always said, I feel that the team that is more desperate, if the two teams are – relatively close in talent. If you're a complete bum team, then this doesn't uh, apply to you. But the Raiders have to have this one. I mean, they just, you know, they can't. We're into week 11 now. And and if it's they're going to right win. the ship, they got to get it right here. It's time now. They start, you know, build up. And by the way, they should be ashamed of only scoring 27 points on the, on the Dolphins, given that uh, on either side of the Raiders win against Miami, they gave up 40-something. Can the Raiders get it rolling here? But here, you know, I, I this is the game they have to. I understand, like you know, the, the your your point about they really need this game. But where does Oakland have a matchup advantage over New England right now? I mean, the the what Oakland does best on offense is their pass protection. But so what? The Patriots don't even rush the passer all that well. Like that's the that's been the biggest weakness of of their game. Uh, this entire season on offense and and the Raiders defense, the Raiders still don't have an interception yes yet this season. That's an NFL record. Good point. Uh, that you they've got cornerbacks, especially guys that get burned by speed. You know they have Brandon Cooks. They have if maybe Chris Hogan is back. He's a vertical threat. I mean Gronk should just rip it up in this matchup uh, over the middle of the field. The Raiders have always give up production to tight ends. Uh, so there you who are you stopping in the pass catching core on the ground? They've got. Three running backs right now that are playing really well. Deion Lewis is cooking. Uh, he looks like a different player. I mean, he looks like still he looks still looks good, but he looks like a different running back, like more of a physical between the tackle guy than he was when he was killing it in 2015. Rex the Rex files. Burkhead's been super involved. His snaps have gone up every week since he's come back from injury. Where does Oakland have an advantage? I don't over know. New it's all gross. Where does anybody have an advantage over the Patriots? We already know the end of this story, but you know what? I was just trying to add a little bit of intrigue. I'll tell you what was intriguing. A couple of days ago, where you two are seated right now, Ike Taylor and TJ Carey, starting cornerback of the Oakland Raiders, sat uh, right where you are, franchise. Wow. And no, Ike just bad. went straight in with a critique on the Raiders. In fact, we had a good conversation with TJ Carey, who was a delightful fellow with a great story. Let's take a little listen to that. Let's take a little detour from the Red Challenge flag picks and hear what Ike had to say in his critique of the Raiders and beyond. Hey, 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 hey. Hey, Ike, real quick, apropos of nothing, who do you got in the uh, Patriots and uh, Raiders game this weekend? Ooh. Careful there. Oh, man, you know I got to go with the Patriots. Uh, oh, man. You want the 10-foot no, no pole? Offense, you can... no, no offense to TJ. It's just, uh, <laughs> man, it's just right now, and I'll talk with TJ, so he probably won't. He probably can't say what I'm going to say. But right now, you know, the offense is, is, is struggling. They finally – you know, letting Beast Mode be Beast Mode on the field. Uh, Cars is still coming back from the injury. He's not as healthy as he once was. Uh, you still have Crabtree. You still have Cooper. So you still have your weapons. It's just there. It, it seems like they're not clicking. Like the oil, uh, like the synthetic oil isn't all the way in. Like the engine ain't really running like how we saw last year. On the defensive side, you know, the two dogs – on a on a defense end between Irv and, and Khalil Mack, and you wind up getting Bowman in the middle, 
it's solid, but they still got to get on the same page. On the, on the secondary, on the back end, them guys are solid, but they got to get on the same page. I think a lot of times y'all give up big plays because of the miscommunication on the back end. And on the back end, you get exposed like that. I say it again. A defensive line can mess up. They got the linebackers to back them up. The linebackers can mess up. They got the secondary guys to back them up. When you're a secondary guy you're right. and you messed up, the whole world knows you messed up because you have nobody to mess you up. So when you're not on the page for 60 plays at a play, you get exposed every now and then. I think that's the only thing that's hurting the Raiders. And, Tom, he can expose that. You know, you got to be – if you're playing 60 snaps, you got to be able to be on the same page for 60 snaps. Definitely. If not, you will get exposed. Now, on the offensive side of Tom Brady and company, we don't give them enough credit for running the ball. Like, them boys got a mean run game. And the reason why they got a mean run game is because they got Tom Brady. Now, usually if you're on the flip side, like Dallas, you, Dak, Dak has had success because of Ezekiel Elliott. The run game had success because of Tom Brady because you can't load the box on time. You can load the box on Dak. You can't load the box on time because he's going to expose you on the outside. So, just looking at the Patriots around this time. See, around this time last year, the Raiders was climbing. But around it is it, it, just, I don't know what it is. If you can help me out, I don't know what it is from last year. I think, I don't know. His, his feelings are probably but hurt now. Right, right now, it's just, I'm not seeing the same Raiders team is what I'm saying. I mean, don't ruin his confidence, Ike. It's a big game he's got coming up. No, not a lot of confidence. (laughs) You know, you really hit on some key points. Communication is always the biggest thing with uh, this league. You know, so much of this league is about communication and being on the same page. And when you're not on the same page, offenses are just too good nowadays. Especially the secondary. Yeah. They're just too good. And he made a prime example by saying that, you know, everyone, the defensive line, the linebackers, they can be – off a play or two. Correct. But the minute that secondary is off the, a minute or two or a play or two, you know, you're hearing the drums playing and, you know, that's touchdown. So those are the things that you really have to nip up when, you, when you're playing such a veteran-savvy guy like Tom because he has a lot of weapons and he knows a lot of things. He's been in the league for a long time. He's, long time. You know, his his resume is, is, is it explains itself. So those are the things that we're really going to have to nip up and, and make sure that we're sound in that game uh, because it's going to be vital for us. Right. Do you, as a guy, you know, so Ohio University, first of all, you go to school, the biography goes like this. You go to the same high school as one Maurice Jones Drew. Yes. Right. Are, is his picture up all over the high school? Yes. It is. Oh, it is. He's the hero. MJD's picture is still <laughs> in Miss Sarver's attendance office room when you go in there to check in for school. Oh, yeah? <laughs> yeah. Did he have the cornrows at that point in the pictures? Did he? I don't think MJ, he had them in that time period. He still had the he had now that's when he had the the um the dreads though. Okay. Oh yeah, he ah, did yeah, have the dreads. He had yeah, the yeah, dreads yeah. in that in that picture. So I mean, me and MJD go way back, man. He's a he's a very knowledgeable guy. He oh, he yeah. was a guy that when I came in. Uh, my first rookie year, he was there still giving me knowledge on, you know, the things on how to be a pro, the things, the do's, the don'ts, um, how to continue to elevate your game in every facet. So, you know, tremendous value with him. And then you go to Ohio University, which had to be, I mean, had to turn you upside down. You're a, a Bay Area guy yes. and you wind up in Ohio? Oh, my goodness. Culture shock. I was yeah. culture shock. Immediately when I got there, it was – 
snowing, it was raining, and I'm like, man, I know it's not like this all the time. Right. I'm used to sun. You when know? you sent me stuff about this school, it was sunny outside. Oh, sunny. oh they'll lie to you. <laughs> they'll definitely lie to you. To get you there, they're going to lie to you. You know, so um, ended up at Ohio University, and a tremendous opportunity. You know, I had open-heart surgery when I was in high school, which didn't allow me to play football my first three years of high school. So I only played my senior year. And when it came to that senior year of ball, it, I made a tough decision on going to Ohio University, something that was out of the norm, you know, not staying close mm -hmm. to family, you know, making those tough decisions on being far away from your family. And so I made that opportunity happen. And when I got there, they treated me like I was a king. You know, I could have never asked for more. I think that was the best decision I've made in life is going to Ohio University. And I still pay homage to uh, my coaches back there, Coach Solage and uh Jimmy Burrow was, was our defensive coordinator coach. He's still there. And they're doing some good things out there at Ohio. They, they made you feel at home. They made me feel at home. I say all the time, I don't understand. If I were a blue chip guy, I would not go to U.S. If I were a great running back, I wouldn't go to USC to be a tailback you because then I'll just get lost in the mix with all the other all-time <laughs> greats. See, if you go to Ohio or if you go to, like, Ike, you go to Southwest. Yeah, yeah, you go there. Then for, for the next fifty for the next five decades, right. people are like, oh, yeah, he was one of the best to ever come through yep. the camp. It's not that then you're special that way, yeah, right? Definitely. Definitely. You got to take an opportunity to be a big fish in a small place. <laughs> <laughs> One more thing about the Patriots, because this does feel like a big one for you guys. Yeah. You know, you still, I mean, you know, the Chiefs have done you a little favor. They've come back uh, to earth a little bit. If you can get past the Patriots coming across the country and everything, I think you have a chance. Be be uh, honest with me here, because we have the, the policy, as Ike knows, is no jive here in Studio 66. When you look across the sideline, will you say, that's Tom Brady over there. That's the greatest of all time. And that's Bill Belichick. He's the greatest coach of all time. Will yeah. you take a moment to appreciate and or be nervous about where you are? I think when you do that, you've already lost the game. See, you I'm, say he I'm, says that I'm all the time, but I, I would be nervous. I'd be like, oh, I go with Tom Brady. You pay homage. You pay respect to what they did in the past. But if, you, if your mindset is going into the game thinking like that, you've already lost. And the ball game that we play nowadays is so much more mental than physical right. that you've already set yourself up for failure. Right. All right. Well, listen, I think we've said it all here. I, I'm a big fan. That, that much I, I do know. We appreciate the time. We appreciate the hat. We no appreciate all of it. Style. Yeah. Um, and as always, Ike Taylor, appreciate you. good stuff by you. Appreciate big you. one coming up on Thursday, man. That's a big one for AFC seedings. Yeah. You're on both ends, on Pittsburgh and, and the Tennessee Titans. Ends. Like, it's going it, to be more about coaching. You talk to you talk to your friend Dickie LeBeau? Yeah, I, I will after we get off this show. But it's going to be a whole lot – it's going to be more coaching egos than anything. The players going to play. But you got to understand, the Tennessee Titans, they have a lot of Who gets the advantage? Coaches. I know. But listen, their offense is good. Their defense is, nah, don't tell Dickie I said that. But <laughs> but will you – who does that favor? The, the defensive coordinator who knows a lot of the personnel up in Pittsburgh and can tell you what they're or, – or more importantly knows what number seven likes to do. Does Dickey have the advantage going against uh, seven and company? Or does Roethlisberger know what Dickey likes to do and can take advantage well, of that? What you, how you look at it is, is can Ty Haley outcoach Dick LeBeau? Has nothing to do with Ben or, or, or the Tennessee Titans defense. Can Ty Haley outcoach Dick LeBeau? Can Malarkey outcoach Coach Butts? Can he outcoach? That's 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 what it's going to boil down to because Malarkey was a former Pittsburgh Steeler coach. Mm -hmm. Dickey, of course. You got Lou Spanos. You forgot about Deshae Townsend who played now. He oh, yeah, right. Chris Hope is in the front office 
over there for Tennessee. So it's 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 like a little Pittsburgh it of really the South. It really is. Yeah, it's like a little Pittsburgh of the South. So it's going to be more about coaching. But Pittsburgh got to buckle down because they got two running backs. They got DeMarco and they got Derrick. They got two running backs. And they have Delaney quietly. Delaney Walker has been having an excellent season. We'll see how Steelers and Corey, do. And Corey, and Corey Davis, the young stud, he's finally been in that corner. And with the secondary being a secondary right now, with Hayden out, time would tell. I know. P- I, P- I, I like narratives more than you guys do. You guys are like, let's just go play the game. It's a mental – well, I don't need your storylines to get me hyped for these things. But I do feel like that struggling to win in Indianapolis probably benefits the Steelers. If they were on too much of a roll going into this one, I think the fan base, I think the city would be too jacked up and maybe overlook Tennessee. That's not going to happen this time now. I mean, it was it was an ugly win. But you came out and you won. Right. That's the bottom line. Like it, 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 people perception on how a team should look against yeah. a certain team, it bothers me because oh, this is supposed to be a blowout. You know, you're supposed to be blowing these guys out. No, them guys get paid too. I agree. Brissett, listen, br- l- listen. Brusset is not a bad quarterback. He's just on a bad team. Like if he get with a good team, if you put him with Pittsburgh, he might can do something because he's done a lot with little. For the Colts is what I'm saying. So he's not a bad quarterback at all. By the way, this is like truly his first year ever starting also. And he got shipped during midseason over there for the Colts. You can ask anybody in the locker room. They love that little man, Brousset. But at the same time, you know, we just – a win is a win. I, I don't care yeah. if it's ugly. It's it's hard to win a game Extremely. in the NFL. And I'm I with care. you, man. I, 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 you've turned me around on that. You and several other uh, people have really talked me out of that uh, expectations of how big oh, yeah. you should win and oh. who should do all the scoring. Yes, survive the game. That's the – every game is nip and tuck in the NFL yeah. in the 21st century. If you win, you've done your job. All right, hey, listen, great stuff out of uh, number 24, Ike Taylor. You guys can – uh, uh, you know, you can be his Sherpa going forward if you want. But it sounds like you're. <laughs> but Maurice has already taught him how to be. A yeah, friend. MJD got him, man. He already wrapped up. The uh, man got a nice little story. Seven rounds. I, I love it. And I, I mean, what a happy ending that you yeah. wind up playing in yes. front of the home crowd at least for At a little home. while. Then you're going to go to Vegas. Oh man, right? <laughs> I'm going to Vegas. Vegas, man. Ooh. That hat's going to go over big in Vegas. Oh, man. yeah, they'll like this. You know, I got a couple in my collection. <laughs> TJ Carey, good luck against uh, TB, Belichick, and all those guys. Steelers fans are going to be rooting for you to win that one, aren't we? All right, uh, that's it for uh, Ike Taylor and uh, TJ Carey. Yeah, the the real star of that, Ike was great there. He he, uh, he didn't bat an eye. Telling the truth. That's what, you know, you know the policy here in 66. No jive. No jive. On the wall. He delivered delivered no jive uh, to uh, to carry there. He just told him. (laughs) Well, I felt uncomfortable sitting here listening to that. But a great story. Otherwise, uh, I wish I could pull off a hat half as good as uh, as carry can. All right. Let's get back to the action here. It's the Eagles. It's the Cowboys. This one felt like it was going to be a massive game where the Eagles could put the division away. I think the division is now put away without Zeke Elliott. Still, though, division foes, you never know what's going to happen in the uh, NFC East when these teams hook up. Emma VP, tell us more, won't you? Sure. We have an episode of the Hicks Million Dollar Man. Ah. 53 grown men suit up in padded blue and white outfits as they intend to fight off an intrusion of their home by a red-headed outsider with the master plan of silencing their entire community. 
When Jordan Hicks interferes with Dak's trajectory on the last tick of the external clock, the Cowboys are given one last shot to travel back in time and reset the outcome. Alshon has visions of a wintry purple-clad utopia as he runs freely through an open field. <laughs> I like how I sort of uh, uh, TC Boyle-esque a little bit, you know? So, you know, kind of uh, getting fanciful there. I like that. Emma VP range with her uh, genres in which she can write to here as she describes pro football action. All right, here we go. It's the Eagles. It's the Cowboys franchise. Choose. I'm going Eagles, baby. Oh, man. I know. Throw flag. going to do it. Yeah. Ah! Finally, a little heat in here. Go ahead, Harmon. Tell us why the Cowboys are going to get it done. Yeah, I just uh, maybe I'm going to default to what you were just saying in the last one, but Cowboys really need this game, man. And uh, you know, I realize coming into it that it seems like the Eagles have it. They're the they're the best team in the league, as franchise was saying earlier. Uh, I think they have a big matchup advantage in terms of their pass rush. They've registered 142 pressures this year. That's the most by any team in the NFL per Next Gen stats. And we saw last week the Cowboys give up a lot of pressure. But I think that this game is where we see Dak Prescott establish himself as like the true difference maker mm. on that team. You know, they're coming into it probably without Tyron Smith, definitely without Zeke Elliott. Sean Lee is going to miss this game. I mean, yep. your Jenga piece theory is uh, – like that's probably three of their four Jenga pieces right there. Uh, and I, I think that – I think this is where, Yeah. Now I know. Now I feel like I'm not even. I'm not making a good argument for the Cowboys. But no, you're not. You're, not, you're, you're tearing but, them down. I'm waiting but, for you to turn the corner but, and tell us how they win this one. I, but I think this comes down to Dak Prescott steps up. You know, it's in Dallas. Uh, I think that you know people are just writing him off at this point as like, well, see, when without Zeke or you know without a perfect pass protection situation. But I don't buy into that. I think he's a great player. I think he's one of the best quarterbacks in the NFL. And I think this game comes down to him, and that's why I think they win. I'll tell you. I am I'm one of the few humans that I'm aware of at least that took the Philadelphia Eagles to win the NFC East before the season got going there and a big part of that was like you say it's not just the quality but the quantity of pass rushers they have and and how unsexy and yet how legitimate that matchup nightmare is on most NFL Sundays that 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 if you can establish a steady uh, a, a, a steady stream of pressure through 60 minutes, that is going to yeah. win a lot of games as the New York Giants within that same division showed with those two Super Bowl victories. I want you to take a look at this. I, I will take the Eagles, but I, I you know what? Of all the games, that one would not stun me if the Cowboys, because, again, they need it. Take a look at this. Our pal uh, Dennis Padua every week does these for us, and uh, and they're huh. just great, these drawings. I tweet them out and beyond, and you see them on NFL Pick'em and everywhere else. By the way, NFL Pick'em, uh, make sure you check it out this week and every week during the season. Saturday, 8 a.m. Eastern, uh, 3 p.m. Eastern, 11 p.m. Eastern, and then 6 a.m. Eastern for the early birds and or the the late uh, the night owls. Hey, we're gonna. We're I gonna was be gonna say your your goofball friends uh, from the Live Fantasy Pop. Live podcast. At long last, I've been Finally. asking. I've been saying, when are the hipsters getting in for a minute here? At long last, week eleven. Yeah, and 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 for the pie off too. That's right. We'll also, yeah. oh, lot of lot of spicy hipster action. Excellent. And and co and. Pumpkin? Alex, are you doing? One, are you guys doing one pie? Well, so I like the idea gotta, of a combo pie. I got to admit, I was probably not gonna 
do the pie off this year because I just moved. I got a lot of stuff going on. Uh, you can always buy a pie. No, win if you. No, buy no, it. no, 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 no. My integrity will not allow me to half participate. But don't you understand that the point of the pie off? If you're a competitive soul, great. Then make your pie and uh, and and fight with people and everything else. But you're already a winner just by attending. Your pie is your ticket of admission. When you Which show up. To eat a pie, now, you know who wins? You. Because why? Because you have a fork and about uh, three or four dozen pies to choose from. Yeah. That's so. that's winning, Sounds man. like a good situation. But nevertheless, I was not going to make a pie, but now that we've been brought in to do a little thing there, franchise right. and I, I, I'm going to probably end up making a pie now. Nice. Wait a minute. I'll just brought in to do what little I'll just thing? ride on his pie. Oh, you're going to be I'm doing the, on the yeah, Pick'em show. Pick I now get it. Yeah. I see. So now I see. It's now a career you're... move. You're being career savvy. Oh. I don't want your cagey crap. That's what your pie should be called. I don't want your cagey crap. Was there a picture of Nick Cage? Cagey crap cream pie by the hipsters. Cagey crap cream pie. I don't we'll, know. We'll, it we'll, doesn't we'll, sound appetizing. We'll put heads together. All right. You otherwise, make whatever make, you want to make. Otherwise, I make the same pie. We'll be pie. better for your inclusion. Meantime, literal eagle versus a literal cowboy. Who would win that battle? Franchise, I start with you. Uh, a cowboy would definitely just take an eagle right out of the sky. Why do you think so? Because he would hit him with the bullet? I think a, you're a, putting a lot of faith in a, in a six-shooter. Better a, not fail him. Because a cowboy's a human and an eagle is an animal, and uh, humans are smarter than birds. Bird wow. Brain. Bird brain? Some. some well, what does some. that mean? Eagles have small so bird So humans brains. could beat any beast in a fight? That's not true. You consider an eagle a beast? I'm, it's a you know it's another it's beast a, it's of a the large big blue bird. I it's think also, a human could outsmart it. So my my thought process in this, uh, since you asked, nobody did, but uh, like I think that you know the eagle is our national you know bird. Right. Right. It's the cowboys illegal. are America's team. It's illegal to shoot a bald eagle. Oh. And as I think the cowboy from the state of Texas, very patriotic. They animal. wear a star on their hat. I don't think I don't think he's gonna do it. I don't think he's gonna shoot the eagle. I'm going. No, I'm going to beat this eagle. I'm going to beat him with my bare hands. And then while you're waiting for to beat him with your bare hands, he he, he flies from the sky and he takes an eyeball or two. I yeah. mean, look, all he's got to do is get that lasso around the wings, and it's it's game over. Yeah, but That's you saw Kill Bill Part Two. Not Once you take uh, an eyeball out, you're done for. Uh, you know. All right. Eagle well. gets one eye. Good night, cowboy. You know. I don't. Yeah. Sure. I don't. I, I I hold my yeah. ground. Human smarter than bird. Well, that I don't disagree with. All right. <laughs> Some now to the big game of the week in in uh, in my eyes. I assume most people would agree with this one. Tell us about the Falcons and the Seahawks, MOVP. All right. We have an episode of Doctor Julio, a football uh, a football wielding wizard. Russell Wilson creates something out of nothing by utilizing his spellbinding speed to escape seven gigantic creatures programmed to do one thing: take down the QB. Jeremy Lane takes a deep dive into an alternate universe where he's able to keep up with Julio Jones. All the while in a dimension called reality, the otherworldly talent is swiftly bringing him right back down to earth. Wow. First of all, I like that a great deal. It's funny to me. how it's. I, I was wondering when I saw the theme for this week was sci-fi TV shows. Somehow you did it successfully and you didn't even go to Stranger Things. I know. I was well, looking at Stranger Things. Funny? But yeah, let me know if you – I don't have a player to – when you're a dynamic talent like Emma, who is really just probably making this show with her with her writing, uh, I think wow. I, I really think you know what what more can you ask for? Well, she has, she's the you head writer to... for a reason, right? I mean, Langer. If Jim Langer were still in the NFL, you could have made it about the Dolphins. 
Right. But that feels like a reach since he hasn't been in the league in about 40 years. Dave, I don't want to be rude, but maybe you should stay in your lane. Ranger thing? Stay, stay in your lane and let Emma do the – Are there any Rangers? No. The New I mean, York, not, not in the NFL. The New York Rangers? I'm just trying to serve. That used to be a great trivia question, by the way. The uh, From the four pro sports teams, there were um, – there were a number. The Rangers are in baseball and hockey. Sure. There used to be the Oilers in both the NHL and the Football. NFL. Yeah. Cardinals. There used to be like six or seven of those. It used to be a good trivia question. Now it's just wasting time. Yeah. Let's get to the matter at hand. <laughs> Atlanta Falcons. Uh. Seattle Seahawks. They both have to be desperate to get this one. Chew. Well, they both are desperate to get this one, but only one will, and it's the Seahawks. No! Bang! Oh, oh both sides. Here oh. comes the Falcons' defense, I tells you. Oh. They've been laying in wait. I, I've been saying this for a month now, and it's about to take off here. Not unlike a Falcon soaring high into the sky. Oh. Here's what's going to happen. <laughs> this defense is built on speed. They're close to healthy now. Now they take off. The offense just needs to catch the football. Matt Ryan has quietly played well the last couple of weeks. He's been dropped by the lack of catching ability of Julio Jones and beyond. That gets right this week. I know they don't have DeFonte Freeman. I think they have enough. No Richard Sherman. That's a major loss. Earl Thomas coming back is their Jenga piece. Still, 25 is an absence too large to overcome when Julio Jones is uh, lining up across from you. How say you, franchise? I agree with you, Shaq. The injuries on the Seattle defense are just too much, I think, for them to overcome this Atlanta. This Atlanta offense has actually been playing well despite that. I know. And they are for a, for a defending champ. They started out, they barely won in Chicago, then yeah. they opened their new stadium to, to uh, much, uh, much fanfare. And then things get sideways, and they start, and then they're written off. Well, no, now it's the Saints division, and so on. Right. And here comes Cam and all that stuff, but very quietly, the Falcons are five and four. Yeah, I think they're going to the playoffs, and, and I uh, think they they have an outside shot at still taking this division, especially if they can go up to Seattle and win this one. Justify your Seahawks pick, Armin. I think Russell Wilson has played at an MVP level all year. I think he will continue to in this spot. He has elevated this offense and. They're, all the players here in the passing game are kind of hitting their stride right now. I mean, Doug Baldwin is always there. But Jimmy Graham has scored, I think, two touchdowns in each of the last two weeks. He's been awesome, a red zone monster. They have two receivers on the outside in Paul Richardson and Tyler Lockett. I know. Tyler Lockett, out. like, took about a year or 18 months of his career off, apparently. He just vanished. Now here. But now he's resurfaced, like a sci-fi TV show. And Richardson's been even better this season. He's mm -hmm. been, like, I jokingly said that, all of his catches are like eight and a half out of ten on the degree of difficulty scale because he just continually makes contested catches in, in, in clutch moments. And Russ is, is dealing right now. Like I said, he's been white hot all year. Uh, he was awesome on Thursday night, really the only reason they won that game. And I get it, Richard Sherman's not out there. But the Atlanta offense, I agree with you guys, it's it's been good, but they've also been like Julio Jones' involvement has been consistently inconsistent. He has three games with twelve or more targets, but he has several others with less. Only than Only one touchdown this year, I think. Right, and I wouldn't. And it was he in garbage that time. Game, like you said it was in garbage time against the Patriots. Oh, that's right. Game. That's right. It didn't matter at all. So yeah, you know what? About a year Cam ago, a little more than a year ago, when everybody 
ironically, the loss in Seattle that they almost had, and it was a bad call on yes. the Julio yes, catch yes, and all yes. of that, that was, I feel like, the moment when Football America said, you know what, the Falcons are for real. Yes. You know? And I feel like they're going to do the same thing this year, except they're going to get the W this time around. And uh, I like it. Just like they did uh, in Atlanta in the playoffs there. I mean, the, the, you know, Legion of Boom, you can't take those guys away. And Cliff Averill, I mean, the injuries are sufficient that uh, that, that Seahawks team, I mean, we've seen it over the course of the season. It's not what it's what, what, it, what it's been over the last uh, half decade. But in a game that probably turns into a shootout, because as we're saying, this, the Seahawks defense is not as good as it used to be, I think Seattle is the better. I'm with you on the Russell Wilson for MVP yeah. campaign. I think he's in the top three or four, as, as you've seen the transition away yes. from Marshall. John Lynch and uh, leading Russia. It's incredible defense and everything. Incredible what Russell Wilson's been able to do with no, absolutely no run game in that offense. Another guy who's the victim of weird, vapid cynicism. Why Russell Wilson? People do not hold up as one of the finest uh, humans. He's so fun to watch. I agree too. Yes, he's he is the best functional scrambler, at least this side of uh, of Aaron Rodgers, perhaps even superior. You know? Yeah. All right. Listen. You know, it's been a gay time. Thanks to the uh, fantasy hipsters. Make sure you check them out on uh, on uh, Pick'em coming up this weekend. Make sure you watch it. I gave you those times already. Uh, reception perception. Check that out. NFL Fantasy Live on Friday. Check it out. You'll see Franchise's face. Oh, you're playing the music. A little presumptuous, are we, Emma VP? Guess that you're right. The big star of the show. <laughs> <laughs> this is one of my favorite storylines here. <laughs> All right. Dave slowly withering away in jealousy. Oh, see, now that now that's this one's not on me. This one's on Harmon. He oh. went too long. He started talking while oh, the music that... was playing. Now you can give it to me again. All right. So Greg Taylor for TJ Carey, who we have to invite back because he's delightful. He also will appear on uh, on NFL Pick'em this weekend in advance of his team Ooh. playing the Patriots in Mexico City. Make sure you check that out. Wonder Check report. Picks. What else can I promote? Oh, download the podcast. How about that? We'll talk to you after week 11, everybody. You go into your shower feeling tired, but as soon as you reach for the Irish spring, your day immediately gets better. That crisp, fresh, unmistakable Irish spring scent zings your brain and awakens your senses. So when you finally emerge from the shower 37 minutes later, because you pay the water bill so you can stay in there as long as you want, you're ready to take on the day. And smell great doing it. Irish Spring Body Wash and Bar Soap. Fresh, green, Irish. Shop now at a store near you.